Good evening. <laughs> As always, I'm, I'm really thankful for the opportunity to be up here. And some of you might not know, but uh, I got my district minister's license a couple months ago. And uh, this is the second time I've been able to preach since then. So uh, it's all been kind of surreal, and it just doesn't seem real to me at all. Um, but I'm really excited about it. And uh, I'm really grateful for our church and for Pastor Dan, who... Um, has been mentoring me and, and giving me opportunities to preach every so often, and I'm really grateful for that. I also appreciate everything that he does to share Jesus in uh, many different ways to our church and to our community. Um, tonight, he's actually at the PHS soccer banquet um, praying with the, the kids on the soccer team, and, which I just think is so cool. Um, but one of the other ways he's been, been uh, sharing Jesus is through the Sunday morning service the Sunday morning sermon series this uh, past few weeks. Um, if you haven't been here for that, he has been preaching on the book of Job and about finding hope in the midst of our brokenness and suffering. And um, it's, been, it's been a very uh, helpful series for me, and I hope it's been helpful to some other people in here. And if you haven't listened to it, they, I think there's CDs out in the lobby, and we also have it on our website. But tonight I'm going to give you a little break from Job. <laughs> Um, but I am still going to talk a little bit about brokenness. But first, I just want to show you this really short video. One minute. Someone's keying their microphone. Okay, standby for systems. Okay, Steve. Okay, you got loud. Someone is keying their mic. Let's get off the test frequency. Let's put it out 30 seconds. That's nice Roger. And zero, zero, 008, hold us heading. show was on the air, but my mom talks about watching it when she was a kid, and uh, so I did some research on it this week um, and watched a few episodes, but uh, 
what if I told you that you could be rebuilt like the $6 million man? That you could be remade into a new person, a better person? No more health problems, no more bad habits, no more scars, no more brokenness. What would you do? Tonight, I'm going to talk a little bit about a time where God's people were given a chance to be rebuilt as well. We'll be looking at the book of Haggai, which is one of the last books in the Old Testament. And Haggai was a prophet around the time when the Babylonian exile ended. When the Persians conquered Babylon, they issued a decree that allowed all of the people who had been in exile to go home. So God's people returned home to Judah and began rebuilding the city of Jerusalem. But 20 years later, they still hadn't even started construction on a new temple. When they came back to Judah, they had been more concerned with building their own houses than with building God's house. But the temple was crucial to their way of life. It was the building that housed God's presence on earth, the place where heaven and earth came together. It was where they would gather together to worship and praise God. And without it, they were starting to lose sight of their purpose, which was to worship and praise God. So in walks the prophet Haggai, and God gives him a message for the people. Basically, he says, get to work, you lazy bums. Build my house so that I can be glorified. But the people listen. They get right to work almost immediately, and they start rebuilding the temple. But they soon run into another problem. We read about it in Haggai 2, 1 through 3. It says, In the second year of King Darius, in the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the prophet Haggai, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people, and say, Who is left among you that saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Is it not in your sight as nothing? So what's the problem here? The people were doing exactly what God said. They were building this new temple. While they were in exile, they had probably dreamed of this day of restoring their ruined temple to its former glory. But that is exactly where the problem lies. They wanted their new temple to be as glorious as the great temple of Solomon. They had probably fantasized about it for years. And now, their new temple is not quite living up to what they dreamed it would be. It was nothing compared to their old temple. And the people were getting discouraged by this. They probably felt like this new temple wasn't worthy of God's presence. I think this is something that happens in our lives as well. As we go throughout our lives, things, don't often, or things often don't go the way we dreamed they would. And it's our tendency to long for the good old days. Even the $6 million man had doubts about his new life. He was pretty freaked out when the doctors told him that they were giving him a bionic eye and arm and bionic legs, too. 
to be honest, new things are always scary and a little hard to get used to sometimes. In my own life, I see this all the time. As I've begun to study ministry, I've had to try a lot of new things. (laughs) And uh, for someone who's introverted like me, most of them are pretty terrifying. (laughs) Um, I often find myself wishing that I could go back to my high school years, uh, where my biggest concern was turning in my trigonometry homework or learning a few lines for whatever play I was in at school. But unfortunately, there's no scripture in the Bible about God making all things old. (laughs) It says in Revelation 21.5, And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. We can't go back to what used to be. And we don't need to anyway, because God has bigger and better plans for us than any we can dream up on our own. Sometimes that's hard to believe, though, isn't it? When bad things happen, we sometimes feel like they're never going to get better. Our lives may feel like they're too broken and that no one will be able to pick up all the pieces again. But God can do great things with a bunch of broken pieces. And Broadway Church is living proof of that. We just celebrated our 75th anniversary a couple months ago, and as we were preparing for that celebration, I was able to read a lot about our history as a church. And as I read, I saw that Broadway Church was no stranger to brokenness. On August 7th, 1980, our church building caught fire, and we had to move all of our services over to the activity building for eight months. And then during the reconstruction of the building, Reverend Beauchelle, fell from from some scaffolding and was badly injured and in the hospital for several weeks. While I wasn't around for this event, I can imagine how devastating this situation was. But God was with our church through all of that, and we were able to rebuild our sanctuary to something even better than before. And then eventually we were able to build this sanctuary that we have today. God can take a broken situation and make it into something way better. That is exactly what God is trying to teach his people through Haggai. In Haggai 2, 6 through 9, it says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, Once again in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all the nations, so that the treasure of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with splendor, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The latter splendor of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give prosperity, says the Lord of hosts. He's really trying to drill it into their heads that God is speaking right now. And God is trying to encourage them here, trying to explain to them that something better is coming. Up until this point, they had probably felt like God had abandoned them. They were so used to God's presence being confined to just one place. First, it was as pillars of cloud and fire when they were wandering in the desert. Then, it rested upon the Ark of the Covenant and in the central room of the tabernacle. 
After that, God's presence finally resided in Solomon's temple, a building so beautiful and extravagant, a a man-made representation of heaven on earth. So when the temple was destroyed, they were at a loss. Where is God now? Will I ever feel his presence again? What's the point of rebuilding the temple if God is not in it anymore? That is why God sent Haggai to give them this message. In Haggai 2, verses 4 through 5, he says, But now be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. And work, for I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. You see, God was trying to get them to understand that their great temple, even though it was a beautiful, holy place full of God's spirit, was still just a building. And God is not bound to any one place. Buildings can break and be destroyed, but God cannot. Their temple was ruined, but God was with them all along. If we read verse 5 in the message translation, it says, I am living and breathing among you right now. He is all-powerful and ever-present in our lives, no matter how broken they may be. Wherever there is brokenness, God will always be there to pick up the pieces. In the midst of the brokenness of the book of Haggai, God brought the people hope for something even better. But towards the end of this passage, I don't think that God is even talking about a building anymore. God knew that his people would need much more than a temple to heal their broken hearts. That's why he sent Jesus. Jesus came and and chose to die so that we don't have to live in our brokenness anymore. As Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole. And by his bruises, we are healed. Jesus was broken so that we could be made whole again. He died and rose again so that we could have victory over our sins and healing from our brokenness. He came and dwelt among us, flesh and blood proof that God is with us. In that time... The temple was the only place they could go to worship. But when Jesus died and rose again, he made a new way. Now, when we believe in him and turn from our sin, God's spirit lives in us. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22 says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God 
built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. This is the greater thing that God was talking about in Haggai. Every new person that accepts Christ as their Savior makes God's glory even bigger and brighter. God's presence is too great for one building. He wanted it to be made known in every place all over the world. And we are the ones who get to carry his presence in our hearts for all to see. Does that mean we will have perfect lives and never be broken again? Unfortunately, no. Even this second temple that we've talked about eventually fell when the Romans took over Jerusalem. As we go through our lives, we will face trials and suffering. It's inevitable. And sometimes it seems like we just go through one bad thing after another. But God is with us every step of the way, holding our hand when life gets tough and wrapping his arms around us when we, feel, or when we need comforted. Sometimes God allows us to be broken so that the world can see his glory through us as he rebuilds us piece by piece. And he truly does rebuild us. As it says in 2 Corinthians 5:17, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away; behold, the new has come." God wants to rebuild all of us to make each one of us a better person tonight. I'm going to close in prayer in just a second, and I just want to encourage you not only to pray for yourself and the broken pieces in your life that God may need to fix, but, but also for those around you who might be dealing with brokenness in their lives, who need God to make them whole again. Pray that they would experience and accept the presence of God in their lives by believing in Jesus so that we can make God's glory known even more in our city, our state, our country, and our world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your presence tonight. We thank you for this beautiful building, but we know that you are not confined to just this building, that you are everywhere. You are always with us in every situation in our lives. Jesus, we just thank you for that tonight. We thank you for the comfort that you bring and the healing that you bring when we go through trials and suffering. And Jesus, I just pray for, for all of us here tonight that might be dealing with, with brokenness, that, with suffering, with trials. Jesus, I just pray that you would wrap your arms around us through whatever we're going through. I pray that we would just feel your presence with us, that we are not alone, Jesus, because you are with us. I just pray for, for anyone who doesn't know you that we may know for our family members and friends and co-workers and neighbors. Jesus, I just pray that we would be living proof of your healing. Jesus, I just pray that you would, would help us to be a light to those around us, that we would show your glory to the whole world. 
In your name we pray. Amen.